Hey guys, welcome to episode number 10, Struggles from Pregnancy to Motherhood. How's it going, self? Oh, it's it's going, you know. We're about so, ready to kill each other today. Yeah, it's guys, this is not it. You know, I'm still uh, getting over the vacation mode. I'm having that postpartum vacation depression. Oh my god. <laughs> Sophie went to Alabama this past week. I did. You guys, I went and I seen a NASCAR race and it was so cool. Let me tell you about the people in Alabama, okay? I've never talked to somebody, well, that many people so nice in my entire life. You come up to Wisconsin in the Midwest area and everybody's a fucking asshole. <laughs> Down there, everybody's so she nice. Got- no, she got fucking drinks paid for her. She got a whole freaking day. She got a concert paid for her and her friend. Hell yeah, I did. You know, they call it pretty privilege, Haley. Oh my fucking <laughs> no, God. No, seriously, you guys. Like, I've never gotten so many compliments um, in my entire life. It was it was really cool. I loved it. Um, and the weather was perfect. Oh, and I wish. I was definitely on the Alabama high Oh, my God. I think they just all eat so many boiled peanuts down there that they're <laughs> shit off those. Fucking A. <laughs> okay, guys. We're just going to jump right in um, and really talk about the struggles from pregnancy, well, even pre-pregnancy, to how it's affected us now, especially like hitting on postpartum, depression, anxiety, and kind of how our mental health was beforehand and how it's changed throughout our pregnancies and how it is now yeah I feel like I don't know I feel like for me my struggle with pregnancy I just struggled like my body was going through so much because well I had had three motherfucking babies in there (laughs) yeah I mean I I could like walk everywhere but like sitting was not like after the last month or two I was like I'm not (laughs) sitting I feel like a fucking elephant (laughs) I feel like a goddamn hog Sitting on the couch, and I couldn't move. Like, it was terrible. I just, like, okay. So, with Colt, I was a lot bigger than with Braxton. And getting in the car, I never wanted to sit in the front seat of a fucking car again. I was like, damn, my stomach touches the steering wheel. How the fuck are you supposed to turn? Well, here's the thing. It's just insane. My stomach was so fucking massive at the end. I was like, I don't, I didn't want to drive anywhere because the steering wheel was like, oh, like right by my stomach. I was like, no. You're trying to like reach around your <laughs> basketball of a belly. Oh my, I wasn't even that big for having triplets. No, actually you weren't. I felt like I was damn near around the same size with Colt. Literally. Yeah. I was not that big. I mean, I mean like for me, I mean, Braxton is tiny, like. So did you have, like, when you were pregnant, did you have, like, shit going on that you Um, felt when you were pregnant with Braxton? No. Yes and no. So, like, I feel like I had it in the relationship aspect of, well, I was 17. Just, like, going through stuff. Right. Just, like, normal. I guess it's not really normal, but it was normal to me. Actually, I feel like these days, I feel like there is a lot more early pregnancies. Well, that and just, like, abuse of bullshit yeah so maybe it is normal nowadays but (laughs) anyway uh yeah i was just going through my uh day-to-day shit and i just happened to be pregnant during it so you know (laughs) you just add shit to the to the bullshit you know you just keep adding to the pile i feel like okay so like in my situation i was obviously married and we were trying for a while to have baby 
And I feel like once I got pregnant, I was like, I don't know. I was like ready. I was ready to be pregnant, but I wasn't ready to be pregnant with three babies. So I went through like after I found out and went to that ultrasound, I went through a lot of I don't I don't think it was I don't know. I went through like a lot of depression yeah, about having depression because you didn't want three. No, you wanted I was just one and you were very like. I don't want to say disappointed, but really disappointed. Like, it's just. I actually was like, I feel like Zach was very much like, yeah, this is cool. And I was like, I'm not. No, like, A, my. Well, and my body had to go through this pregnancy, which could have ended up really bad. Thankfully, it didn't for me. But, um,. I knew that I was already going to struggle with pregnancy because of my past depression and anxiety. And so I think for me, it was knowing that, A, I have to take care of three babies. We have to change right. everything. I mean, luckily we had a house, but. three. I don't, I don't think anybody would ever really be prepared for three. We had to get a whole new fucking car because yeah, of it. Right. Like, I don't think anybody is let alone like ready for two there's just then three like that's a big change compared to just expecting one and then getting three like that's, that's there's a big just number like change. a lot of stresses going into it for us because we had to get a whole new car which we were in a lease and to get out of a lease is a fuck show and a yeah, half it's a bitch and a half yeah and so we like literally have to had to go to the thing and we had to like literally pray down on our fucking knees and be like we need a bigger fucking car we need a less we need like not a huge payment but it needs to be big enough to fit three car seats at least across right like we pay okay so we picked a kia sorrento which is not fucking big enough and we should have went with the van yeah but i didn't i at that point when we were switching cars i did not want to be i only wanted one kid I don't want to be a van mom. <laughs> yes. Like, I did not want to be the typical soccer mom. Yeah. Sorry. That's ex- Sorry, y'all. We're not trying to diss you guys if you have a van, but I'm going to tell you right now, I never want a fucking van. I will not be that. No. I think vans are so ugly. They're the boats of cars. Actually, I, I think the um the new van, Kia Carnival. Yes. I like those. I like those. Those because- are the only van that I actually like every other van. I feel like I'm on my way to go steal some kids with my free candy. <laughs> I just like, I, don't I had, know. remember my green van. Oh my god! When I was in high school, it was like, come on children. <laughs> come get my free candy. Yeah. Dude, no. Oh yeah. I feel like I was kind of the same way. Like when I found out about both Braxton and Colts, like with Braxton, I was 17 and I found out in a Walgreens bathroom Yeah. Um, with our cousin. So I was, you know, in the ghetto, pissing on a stick in a Walgreens bathroom at 17. Yeah. And I had my test on the freaking rinky dinky toilet <laughs> paper dispenser <laughs> and I flipped it over and I just remember seeing it and just going ghost. Yeah. And when I had walked out of the bathroom, she was like, your face is so white. She's like, was it positive? And I was like, mm hmm. Yeah. Like, no emotion. I didn't cry. Like, what the I'm hell the, are you going to do? Yeah. In the back of a freaking Walgreens. Uh, and you know what's the worst part of Wal- about Walgreens? They have mirrors along all the edges. So I couldn't just bust oh, out crying yeah. right there because somebody's going to see you. Yeah. And I just felt sick. So then we left, whatever. And then. 
So did you just like from that point, did you just have a lot of stress or anxiety? Yes, or yeah, because like... I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to tell my mom and I knew my mom was going to kill me and yeah, whatever. But I mean, I ended up getting kicked out before I turned 18 when I finally did tell her. Right. Um, I told her by almost throwing up in the bathroom at like 2 a.m. So, so I never actually threw up with either of my pregnancies, but I just like dry heaved. Oops, yeah. So gross. Yeah. But with Colt... Actually, I had no idea that I was pregnant. I had no freaking clue. Yeah. And I went and I got my stomach tattoo. You guys, I have a tattoo right on my stomach that goes up between my boobs. And I got that done that morning. Mm -hmm. And I was with my friend at the time. And I was like, damn, I don't feel good at all. She was like, haha, what if you're pregnant? And I was like, no way. Like, I'm not pregnant. And she's like, yeah, but you just slept with your ex, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, but I don't think he, like, I think he pulled out. Like, I don't think, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're having any issues. Like, I think we're good. Oh, my and, gosh. Um, so I went and took a test just for shits and giggles. And I put it on the freaking ledge in the bathroom. And I was, like, sitting on the toilet, like, hovering over the test, and I was watching my pee, like, Like fly through, yeah, flow through the test, and I saw the first line, and I just said, oh, fuck. Seriously? Oh, fuck. And then I saw the other line, and I was literally, like, shit, and I just started bawling, and Braxton's grandma, she was um, home at the time, and I walked out, and she was, like, it's positive, isn't it? And I was, like, "Uh uh-huh busted out crying more she gave me a hug and then my friend she was still waiting in the car for me oh my god because it only takes a couple minutes to take a pregnancy test yeah i walked back out there and i threw the test at her and she looked at it she goes what the fuck and i was like yeah i know i know so then i had to call colt's dad and he was like okay i'll talk to you in like a few days i was like oh okay Oh my All right. Gosh. So you literally didn't talk to me for like three days, and then we ended up getting back together because of that. So Ugh, I feel like at least like Colt's dad like stepped up. Yeah. For the most part. Well, right. I mean, I, we were together for a long time after that. Like, well, he was there. Like you. I mean, other than me and you know some other people you had for Braxton at your birth and stuff like that. I feel really like with Colt, he was there. Yeah. He was I feel there. Like he for... was really all I had. Like, I mean, obviously his parent. Like even his when, mom even or... when, um, so like Zach and I came and saw Colt when he was born, and he, you guys were still in the hospital. I remember, like, yeah. he was still there, and he was holding Colt at the time when we had showed up yeah, and I'm... talking about what you guys were gonna do insurance wise mm-hmm. for him and being under his. So I feel like. That was such a different scenario for you once right. you guys that, got that back That emotion, together. like, was a lot better. So, like, obviously when I had Braxton, I don't want to say it was a bunch of random people at the hospital because they weren't random to me, but it was a bunch of different people. like In was, different families, yes, friends. Right. So it was a bunch of random people together. People's moms. Right. And yeah. So I feel like that dynamic was a lot harder, but with Colts, like, it was – dylan and it was you and my brother and you know just like close people and it wasn't just everybody and their brother and sister and aunt and uncle and the whole damn midwest in my Mm -hmm. yeah in my like room but so the emotion definitely varied from there like i had so much more depression and anxiety with braxton's 
birth compared to Colt's Colts. birth. With Braxton, it was all very new, obviously, but the whole situation just sucked. Um, If you guys have listened to the previous episodes, you'll know my whole birthing situation um, with both of my kids, but with Colt, it was it was a scheduled C-section. So I knew what was happening when I was going in there. It wasn't just like being thrown at me and it wasn't just, oh, it's going to change, blah, 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 blah. Like there was a set plan and that's what it stuck to. It was very calm. I was not like anxious very much. I mean, obviously I had the typical childbirth anxiety, but not, not over the top. I think um, when I went in to go and like, so for me, I had a scheduled C-section like three days after I had them. And I feel like when I went in, I had so much anxiety about going in, but I was so fucking over it yeah. at that point. Right. You just want to get done with. Yeah. Like, get these things out of me. And honestly, I don't know about you, but my whole entire life, I never wanted a baby coming out of my vagina. I Yeah, I was terrified. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that I wanted a C-section either. I just knew but it was going to happen one of... The fact that that baby's head's going to come through your vag. You know what? I Everybody says that, like, childbirth is childbirth either way, but if you have pushed a baby out of your coochie, fucking props, man. <laughs> yeah. I just... My biggest fear is I was... I, I, like, if I would have had a regular regular birth okay not that it whatever but if i would have pushed that thing out of my vagina and my vagina would have ripped to my butthole my god i would i would have been done done take the baby i'm gonna just no so i actually have people that like are like oh are they triplets you know when we're out in the grocery store like i've had people straight up ask me if i've had them naturally are you kidding me three one after another, you would have been ripped from your butthole all the way up your spine I'm sorry, crack. but hell no. Dude, you would have been ripped in. I, I know. You would have ripped been, from your belly button. I would have been destroyed. I would have had to go get fucking plastic surgery on my cooch because it would be fucking roast beef fuckers. <laughs> Seriously. I just like, yeah. Um, I would have been destroyed. If you done that, great. I just like, hmm. I know that, like, your vagina goes back and heals, but I yeah. just can't think about that. Like, I don't want to rip. And then they're like, oh, well, if you ever have more someday, you can have a V-back. No. I do not want a V-back. No. If you don't know what a V-back is, it's a vaginal birth after cesarean. I don't want it, okay? <laughs> if you've done that, awesome. So, Props like. you, but I don't want to. Ooh. No, I, feel no. like, I feel like when I went in, I was like, yeah, I'm going to. So I went in because I thought I was leaking like fluid. And so I went in just to be sure. And um, they checked me out and I wasn't. I hadn't been. But my doctor was like, let's just get these babies out. Everybody's healthy. I don't want to wait the two or three days until your scheduled one. So she did it like we stayed overnight and then she did it the next morning. And the one thing that I remember is because I was having three, there were so many nurses and it was very stressful it was very overwhelming thankfully thankfully i had an amazing i don't even know her name but an amazing nurse and um when i got like what is that when they put that thing in your back a spinal tap yes when they did the spinal tap so they waited till i was like in um 
on the table, like in the C-section room. And so they did the spinal tap and that nurse was like hugging me. She was super, yes, super that's amazing. that's how it was with Colts too. Um, and anyway, so then I laid down and then Zach came and what was really stressful to me is like, I wasn't able to see anything and I was very much out of it because right before or right as they were trying to cut me open, um, I started to get very sick and I had the anesthesiologist right next to me and I told him, I'm like, I'm not feeling good. Like I'm going to either throw up or you have to give me medication, which they just pushed through yes. the thing, whatever it is. And, um, thankfully he did that, but I wasn't able to actually see the girls be pulled out and I wasn't able to see, see them technically right after the birth because of how, how wrong it could go so quick with triplets. And so Zach was able to watch, but he was really worried about my outcome because it is very, you're open for three times longer than a regular C-section for someone that's having a single baby. And, um, he tells me this now, but my doctor was, they took the babies out and I started bleeding more and more. And Zach said he was actually kind of worried because my doctor was like really trying to hurry and close me up because I was bleeding um, pretty heavily. And um, I mean, other than that, it essentially went smooth. But then the girls, so the first one that was born, Hazley, was brought to a different ER room because, well, she stopped breathing for a second, but we didn't have enough room in that in that OR in that or that OR, whatever. Yeah. And so we had, they just wheeled the two other ones like next to me and showed me quickly, you know, and that was it. And so like we got back to the room and my first thought, and I told Zach this and I was like, I could leave right now and be like, cool. I could never come back and not because I didn't feel like I had a connection yeah. with my kids. Well, that's how it was with Braxton. I mean, I had to get put under in my emergency C-section. And the first person to hold Braxton was my mom. Yeah. Like, and just, I didn't really have a connection prior to that. I felt like when yeah. I was pregnant, because I just like, I wasn't with Braxton's dad. Like, it wasn't my ideal situation. I wasn't ready to have a kid. Like, I didn't really want one. Yeah. But... So that like you were detached. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like even now I'm still trying to work on that relationship, but it was a lot different than with Colt. Yeah. Well, the situations were so different. So different as well. Yeah. Well, when I had Colt, obviously Dylan was right next to me and I had the same thing that I felt like I was going to get sick, but I told the anesthesiologist that if I threw up, I was going to sue him. Because yeah. I don't like throwing up. Guys, I have a huge phobia of throwing up. I hate like, it, too. It gives me extreme anxiety. Yeah. So I told that guy that, and you know what? He gave me all the meds literally possible. Yeah. But after that, when they got Colt out, I think the worst part is when they push on your stomach. Oh. Uh, See, that did bother me. I That was the worst. And then... They, after they cleaned them up for whatever, they went and brought them to me and like laid yeah. them on my chest. And I just remember telling Dylan, I'm like, take them. I'm going to drop them. Yeah. Because I was so out of it and I felt like I was going to pass out. Yeah. Yes. I, um, well, they brought, the, they brought like the girls to the NICU right away. And Zach was the first one to hold the girls. I did not. I was, a- after the C-section, I was actually very sick from loss of blood and 
they brought me in like in a wheelchair, like just hours after I had them. And, um, we were able to hold them if we wanted to. And I was like, no, like I, I didn't feel good enough to actually hold them at all. Right. So I didn't. Um, so uh, we only stayed in there briefly and then I went back. Second, I ate so much food at the hospital. Yeah. Like we ordered and ordered. I, I made Dylan go get me festival donuts because I wanted them <laughs> so bad. But I just feel like overall, like the birth of any baby is just like it's stressful. Yeah. And triggers a bunch of powerful emotions and you don't know how to like handle them all because it's very overwhelming and i feel like that's what usually triggers like a lot of people's postpartum depression is not being able to properly handle that many emotions at one point in your time you know what i mean especially right after you have a kid like you're trying to process having a kid you're trying to process what you're going to do when you take the kid home and you don't have help yeah you're trying to process you either pushing a baby out of your coochie, put like getting a C-section or whatever, it, whatever is. it is. You're trying to process all these things. And then if there's complications or whatever, mm-hmm. then you have to process that. And there's just a lot of emotions so, that you have to figure out. I didn't really have to deal with this just because I had three that went right to the NICU right away. But I hear that a lot of people once they have a kid that so many nurses are like i think you had this with they were trying to make you breastfeed oh like constantly but yes. not only that but it's like they're constantly checking up on you guys and they constantly are like here take your baby or do this with your baby or they want to take your baby away or whatever it is and that's fucking stressful it is that's stressful enough yeah i so i did try and breastfeed with both of the boys um with braxton it didn't work out but yeah i mean with colt i actually like i it went well for a couple months but i just um overall like it was just annoying that they were up my ass about breastfeeding you know what i mean i just I knew how to do it briefly, but they just were like, okay, well, you need to make sure that he's latching. You need to make sure that he's doing this. You need to make sure that he's doing that and whatever. And I just, when you have so many people up your ass about sticking a kid on your tit, you're just like, please leave me alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Sophie's struggling with her microphone Guys, right now. I'm literally trying to talk gotta, and fix my microphone at the same time. Twist this. <laughs> it just almost hit me in the fucking noggin. <laughs> Sorry. We got so we're we're actually so we have like our office chairs on the other side of the room and we have like a seating area. And so I actually got things for us to like sit and do our podcast on the comfy chairs. And so, yeah, we're just you trying to figure this out. me in the head. Anyway. <laughs> so did you have, um, like, after you had the boys, did you have any postpartum? Um, yes, briefly. Um, so I feel like with Braxton, it hit me a lot harder because I was so much younger and I was still trying to figure out how to do the mom thing and, like, do anything Yeah, with being a mom. But with Colt, I feel like it wasn't as bad until, like, probably a year or so after really that long yeah so like obviously like the first couple months or like eight ish seven ish months whatever i was still like living with 
Colt's dad. So then when we finally like broke things off and moved out, I feel like that's when it hit me. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely hit me then because it was a complete change in environment. So I went from having somebody who helped me to having nobody. And that adjustment was pretty big. And I felt like that's when I started getting really depressed and going through. It wasn't like the newborn forest because I was already out of that. But just like after having a baby and having no one. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of moms out there that have postpartum depression when they're with somebody. But... For me, that didn't really hit me until after the fact. Yeah. Well, there's actually a lot of moms out there that have postpartum depression for years after. And that's because they just, A, never took it seriously, never thought they had postpartum. And, you know, they never took control of what it is or got help. Yeah, right. And, like, I don't even... I don't... Well... (laughs) Honestly, for me, I, the only postpartum I really had was I, I, I became a stay at home mom, you know, maybe like a month before they were born. So I was home all the time and I was really struggling with, um, Zach being able to talk to adults all the time and I wasn't. Yeah. And it, and I, and then I wasn't making my own money. You know, and Zach is very good about, like, he just says it's our money. Yeah. Even though he makes it. But as a person who's been independent almost their whole life, it's it was hard. really difficult. Because of that big change. And, yeah, for me, like, I had two kids and I was 19. So, like, having to work and provide for two kids and myself that's, that's and, a lot. like, Find a daycare. God, it is so hard to find a daycare. Seriously. Nobody can right now. Nobody can find anybody. It's it's so expensive. Right. And my daycare, I mean, I'm in the process of trying to find a new in-home daycare because I hate my daycare and I feel like my kids aren't treated how they're supposed to be. But even back then, I was having a lot of my friends watch my kids and I wouldn't be able to pay them. And it's just hard. And having all that and not being able to keep a job because you're not getting paid enough or you can't find a babysitter or whatever the situation is like that, that had a really big toll on me and my depression and made my anxiety really high. And, you know, like my depression was even more extreme. And that's when I started losing all the weight Yeah, was because I was so depressed all the time. I'd never eat. I was so worried about making sure I got a babysitter and I could go to work and I had enough money for gas and I had this and I had that. And even with like state help for like formula or food stamps or whatever it was, I I still didn't make enough. And yeah, I was so, so depressed. Um, I feel like we kind of go through that same thing um, more recently is like Zach is on, we only have one paycheck and we have three kids. Yeah. And he's supporting me underneath it all too so i think money brings in a lot of stressors especially when you're pregnant or you're going through just having a baby there's a lot of changes in the house and i will say this that being someone who um is married and have and then had kids you know you always talk about like people always say that your relationship changes or, or whatever it is it changes so drastically and 
I feel like a lot of people aren't ready for that either. Well, you don't understand how drastic the change actually is going to be. Well, your your focus is so much more on the kids and you can say so much like, oh, yeah, focus on your marriage. Your marriage comes first. But when that little baby comes for the first year, fuck, that kid needs everything from you. Yeah, especially. And then you add two more to the mix and like you really have to focus just on the kids because there's three of them. I mean, for me, like the first one, it was just me. So yeah, like it's hard it's enough. Hard. And I mean, like, I don't want to say it's easier when you're married, but to an extent it is because you have somebody to lean on. I think it's easier when you're married and you're in a healthy relationship. Yes. Because there is people that have babies and they're not in a healthy relationship. And they're in worse spots even than I am right now. So, like, yeah. I, I think about that and I think about, like, some of my single mom friends or even dad friends. And they're in worse situations than I am. Yeah. And I'm a single mom too. Like, I, we, so we all f- deal with different aspects. Right. And, I, you know, I have a lot of friends that are like, oh, I'm so jealous of your situation. Or I wish I had, like, your situation. And... I mean, maybe to them, like, that's how it looks. But, like, to me, I feel like I'm just getting to the point that I'm comfortable. But, you know, I have some people that I know that are a single mom of two or three or whatever it is, and they still live with their parents. And they don't have a stable job or they don't have think I think people do a lot of comparing um, to other people's lives. And we've talked about this, too. But for you, you were in that stage when you first had your right. your when you first had Broxton for sure. Yeah. Um and I think just recently in the last year or two you have kind of gotten out of that te- I'm in quotations, the teen pregnancy stage. Right. Like it's more of a okay, you have a very stable job, you're making a you know, semi decent money. Um I don't know. And everybody's situation is different. But, you know, those friends are probably looking at you going, wow, how did you get here? But you were looking at people, too, when you were in that stage of life. Wow, how did they get there? Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I just want to preface that we're not trying to judge anybody, you guys, but we're just trying to talk about different situations and how it can look to somebody who's not in that situation. Um, But realistically, like, The only person that's going to get you out of your situation is you. And that's coming from somebody who went through it twice, like all all alone. The first time I was completely alone. The second time, yes, it broke off in the middle of it. But still, like that's hard too. And I felt like honestly with Colt, it was a lot harder for me. I was way more depressed with Colt than I was with Braxton. With Braxton, yes, I was getting abused the whole time, but I was already over it and I already detached myself from the situation and well your relationship with Braxton's dad was very different than with Colt's dad where with Colt's and correct me if I'm wrong but with Colt's dad your expectation of having this baby was you're gonna make it work as as a couple as a relationship and you're having a kid together and And you're gonna run off in the sunset it's going to work out with him And needless to say that, I mean, it did not happen that way. Right. And that's why it was a lot harder, too, is because all my expectations that I had set were immediately knocked down. And 
with Braxton's dad, like we weren't in, in a relationship when I had Braxton. So like I had said, all of that depression and feelings were already diminished and it was already gone. So it was a lot easier to go into motherhood. Right. Alone. Um, <clears throat> sorry to cut you off. No, um, that's okay. So when I had the girls and we had first brought them home, cause they were only in the NICU for 10 and 11 days. Um, I was super touched out. That was the one big postpartum thing I had is don't touch me. Now, if anybody has not. So this was to the point where I was like sick to my stomach. I would hold the kid and I would be like, I want to toss you on the other side of the fucking room. I want I don't want anything touching me. I don't. And it was like a almost like a burning, like my blood boiling in my I don't know if if you experience this, you know what I'm talking about. But it's like your blood was You're very boiling, overstimulated, overstimulated, too much sensory going on. Yes, and I was like, get this kid off of me or kids. Yeah, I'm still the same way now. Like especially, I do get like that now sometimes. Um, yeah, I feel like especially when you're not in your ideal situation, like things trigger you a lot easier. So yeah. when I was going through this high amount of depression, and my kids would touch me, it would just set me off. I'm like. Stop fucking touching me for the love of everything I have in me. Stop. Like, it just makes you want to erupt like a volcano. Like, I'm still the same way now. If my kids are touching me and I'm already overstimulated, I already have sensory issues, okay? I have, like, I hate the feeling of paper. Yeah. It drives me up the wall. It makes me want to, like, rip my hair or grind my teeth. Yeah. But... Well, I it think started we, when I was super depressed, when I like certain things would just piss me off. Like and now, you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now it just kind of came with me. I've been really trying to learn how to calm myself down when those things happen now. And it's did, so hard. It is very hard. I, I like catch myself like burning up inside and you're literally like, I want to breathe. scream. Yes. And I've been really trying like when I have the boys that if I'm about to just fucking Explode. let loose, I just like stop and I'll just whisper. I'll try and whisper instead of yell. That's a good, good idea. And then the boys will be like, what the hell? She's whispering. Like, <laughs> why is she not screaming right now? And usually yeah. it catches their attention to the point that they stop. Sometimes not always. I, I still do lose my cool and I yell. But it's just taking that first initiative steps to try and change what you know is already broken. Right. No, it's, it's, well, I will tell you this, the, my other, so other than being touched out, um, going to a store to go grocery shopping with three babies. And even, I know I've heard this from people with just one or two kids too, but for us, we get, we get stopped constant. And when you just have a baby and when you have little ones, um, you know, you're a little more cautious and you're a little more on edge when you're going to public places. And why do people have the fucking need to come up to you and have conversations with you and stop you from your grocery shopping? Like, I'm just minding my fucking business. Get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to answer your questions about my kids. Like, I'm just trying to get through my day. And, and get done with grocery right. shopping. Right, and I, I mean, like, I get it. Like, 
people are fascinated by the fact that you have triplets, but people really need to like take a step back and think like she's a mom of three. Like she just she needs to get in and out. But I mean, like I get it. People are trying to be nice and they're curious, but at I the think, same time, you need to know your boundaries. I think because uh, I, I I when I first had the bait like both my boys and their yeah. babies people are like oh my gosh yeah. look at that baby he's so cute and i'm like and you try to be nice yes but... you're just like okay thank you i have a baby just like half the other people in this right. store just leave me alone well and i feel like no one has consideration these days <laughs> not at nobody all. and um it's really hard to put up boundaries with people you don't know well and, and people that you do know i guess but when you're in a grocery store and the little lady comes up to you and she's like, oh, they're just beautiful. It's like, lady, thank you. But I am just trying to get through my day. Get the fuck out of my way. And I've actually had people like, I'll be like going with the cart and the girls and people will stop their cart like in front of me and like block, like almost like block, intentionally yeah. block me to talk to me. And it's like, First of all, that's so creepy. I've never had it that extreme, but I've had people try to touch my kids too. Oh yeah. Don't touch my kids. Like I, okay. I love old people. I was a CNA for six years. Like I immediately bond to old people and I love when old people will stop me and say something like, oh, your kids are so cute. Like I love that. But if you're trying to touch my kid, first of all, get your grimy little hands off. Second of all, I don't know if you have STDs. Third of all, I don't know if you have issues diseases whatever don't touch my kids and babies are way more prone to getting sick like if i do not know you do not touch my kid do not try and lift up whatever i have my little poncho car seat poncho don't lift it up don't touch my stuff like say oh my gosh cute baby if you can see them and move on if you can't see them leave them alone i think all moms can vouch for this it is so stressful to go to stores and then when you have people on top of it you're so on edge and, um, you know, with just things going on these days in general with, you Sex know, trafficking, kidnapping. human trafficking, people Ugh. snatching your kids. Like, that scares me. It's I literally scary. avoided going grocery shopping for two weeks because I was scared. I conceal and carry now. I wish I could. Every day. I mean, I carry um, pepper spray. Yeah. I will pepper spray and... Pepper spray. Get those keys the in the middle of your fingers. You're a woman. Look, it's if happening. A dude, if a dude tries to come up to me, I will pepper spray him and kick him in the balls. I don't care. It's happening right now. It's like, happening in Green Bay. It's it's everywhere. happening everywhere, you guys. Like you guys really need to be cautious and look get behind yourself you. some perf- like protection, whether yep. it's um pepper spray or whatever you choose. But yep. really be aware, especially if you're. Well, and I think you know not. I don't know. I guess that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, it's a lot of ramble, you guys. <laughs> it's very it, postpartum is hard when you have other people, and I've even even family members. They would constantly want to come over, and I was don't if my kid's crying in your arms, give me my kid back. Don't don't say you can you can do it. I'm okay. I do not. I think, like, the biggest thing for me is when family members came over, this shit used to irk the fuck out of me. Yeah. And I know that so many moms out there, so many parents out there, not even just moms, moms and dads, I know that this drives them nuts, is when you're trying to do something to calm your kid down and or just do anything in general. You're changing their diaper or you're doing this or you're doing that. And somebody goes, oh, well, have you ever tried it this way? This way should work better. Yeah. I will fucking bitch slap you. Yeah. Like, shut the actual fuck up. That shit, like, 
immediately pisses me off. It goes from zero to 100, two seconds. Do not tell me what to do. Like, I cannot. I know that they're just trying to be nice and trying to help and, you know, provide information, especially if you're a new mom. But I would rather you take your finger and shove it up your butt and do a little spin for me because (laughs) I cannot, like, handle that. And I know so many people up there that just drives them nuts. And you're just like, okay, get the fuck out now. Why are you here? I think... I think like the big message here is when you see a mom at a grocery store or or a dad and they have a cart full of kids or one kid or whatever it is. Not even just a grocery store, just an anywhere. If you're going to visit somebody, if you're at a grocery store, if you're at your family member's house, if there's somebody that you're around that there's a new baby, what like take the precautions that you need to to either step back and know your place, but like or think about what they may be going through. And when you're going through postpartum and anxiety, yeah. like your emotions are already skyrocketed. And having that extra voice right there trying to tell you what to do or trying to be overbearing or, you know, overstep their place or overstep their, their stay, yeah. it's very overwhelming and it's very overstimulating. And, you know, I, I remember saying a lot of things that I shouldn't have said, but it was because I'm already going through so much. It's very hard. And a lot of people don't understand that. They're just like, oh, she's being a bitch. Oh, she's, she's freaking out for no reason. She's overreacting. She's doing this. She's doing that. But realistically, when you have all these things adding up on top of your postpartum depression, on top of your anxiety, yeah. on top of if you have other mental health conditions, it's just realistically too much to handle. Well, I think the easiest thing you we can do is when you see people at at a store out and about it's great if you want to on your way past us go oh your kids are beautiful they're gorgeous and thank you and move on you know what i mean to ask and sit and ask questions i don't want to make small talk with people i i appreciate the thought but you know we're just trying to get through our days as moms and dads And I think that, too, you know, when you come into someone's house, ask the fucking mom and dad how they're doing. Yes, it's not just them a meal. Do not ask. Do not ask them if you can bring a meal. Just Just bring it. Just bring something. Yeah. It can be simple. I cannot remember, like, in either of my pregnancies, if anybody ever just asked if I was okay. And, you know, on the parenting thing, too, and, and I think it's hard for us to... Think of this when we're not parents is, and I know I did this to you a lot, and I remember in a, an exact time where you had brought the boy, I think it was, no, it was just Braxton. You had brought Braxton over. It was for sure Braxton. And we had like a party here and Braxton was getting into something in the yard. And when Sophie's not here... Braxton doesn't do a lot of those things that he used to yes. do. He acts up around you. And and one of my biggest things was that it was my house, my rules. And now being a parent, I understand how fucking annoying that is. Yeah. And I never understood that when I wasn't a parent. And um and I don't I don't know. Like there was a yeah, he was getting into something in the yard, and I remember being like, no, Braxton, you need to sit and be done for a little bit. And I remember you coming out and being pissed off at me, and I totally understand it now yes. looking back. But I don't know. Just like as you're a person and you want to help out when people are going through postpartum and stuff is 
ask that mom if or dad to go to a coffee shop for for a day. Don't always ask to see the kids. Yeah. It's not about the kids because if the mom and dad aren't all right, the kids won't be all right. Exactly. I'd rather have like my mental health in check. Yeah. Than you worrying about my kid. Go, I, I go already by. have to worry about my kid. You don't need to worry about my kid Here, too. Here's the thing. Anybody that's listening, go get a goddamn apple spice latte, apple spice cider from Starbucks. Or whatever they like at Starbucks. And... And just go get it and and bring it there. And here's the thing. If you don't get a message back about coming and seeing someone's kid, maybe maybe take the time out of your day. Go pick up something cheap, maybe a little donut. Not even. Drop it off at the door. You don't even have to spend money. Like if you're broke and you're worried about your your friend who just had a baby, write them a cute little note. Drop it off in their mailbox. Like even if there's not that contact. Yeah. And and when when us moms or dads see that happening, we are very much more apt to invite you in and not feel so overwhelmed inviting you in. Right. And you know, when when you come into the house, don't ask me if you can do my dishes. Don't ask me if you know, just dishes are one thing where I think people won't get offended. Now don't go in and do people's laundry. I think that's fucking weird. Yeah, that is weird. But walk over to the dish dishes thing. Go fucking clean up the dishes. Yeah, and if, you know... Put the your, dishes away. Yeah, if your friends are like, oh, what are you doing? Like, you don't have to do that. Just say, oh, no, it's okay. Like, I understand you have a lot on your plate. Don't mind me. I'll just do it. Yeah. Don't come in asking to hold the baby. You know, just... I feel like we're more prone to, like, let you hold our kids if, like... You're coming in and doing something for me first. You don't even have to do something for me. If you're like trying to acknowledge that you care about how I'm feeling and not just focus on my kid, you're like, give me the kid or whatever. Here's something simple. You come in, you see the fucking water dishes almost empty for the dogs. Fill it up. You know what I mean? Ask the ask the mom and dad how they're doing. I don't know. That's just I know we talked a lot right there about that, but I think that would really help towards people's depression and anxiety when yes. letting you in their door. And um it's not always about coming and visiting. It's about the little things, maybe dropping off some food one day. Hey, I'm not I'm not coming in for a visit. I just want to drop you off some food. I know it's around noon. Yeah. Noon for lunch. Or here's here's a little $5 coffee or like you said, a note in the mail. It will go a long way with your relationship with the parent and it'll go a long way with letting you in the door. Right. I agree. It's small. And I, I just want to hit on kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier is there's a lot of parents that don't know that they have postpartum depression and, you know, just some like easy, you know, hints that you may have it yeah. is like, you know, difficulty bonding with your kid, which we both hit on. We both we, had difficulties both had that. like bonding with our kids. And, and it's normal. Yeah. And that's something that I didn't know that was part of postpartum. But I mean, there's a lot of parents out there that have immediate connections. Um, but sometimes you don't and that's okay. Um, loss of appetite or eating much more than usual. For me, it was loss of appetite. Like that's when I knew that I had really bad postpartum depression is I never ate and I lost so, so much weight. Um, another one is intense irritability and anger. Ooh, that one was big for me. I got irritated so fast. People would do something and just trigger me. And then I was just a raging bitch. Well, and it's just, 
that's really hard because you're going through so many changes and your hormones are going all over and then you know it's really hard to like learn how to process all that and how to handle it like yeah appropriately right um another thing is feelings of shame guilt like not feeling worthy enough that for me was really big too it took me four years to get to the point that I'm at right now where I finally feel worthy of myself yeah and worthy for a relationship if you don't feel like you love yourself or if you don't feel like your self-worth is high enough it's gonna be a lot harder to heal or f- make your own relationship correct or if you're not in a relationship find a relationship or have that healthy relationship with your kids or if you don't have kids just any relationship and in i general. think i think something like that is a constant you constantly have to work on that yeah. You constantly have to grow with yourself and see yourself in different lights and try to see yourself in other people's eyes as well. Yeah. Another one that kind of hits on postpartum that I just learned about more recently is reoccurrent thoughts and or dreams of death of your kids or suicide of yourself. Yeah. So I feel like, um, you know, there's a couple of people that I know that used to dream of situations like that, but Zach I, had that. Yeah, bad. but I don't like. I didn't know that that was even part mm-hmm. of postpartum. There's so many things that go into postpartum depression, anxiety that you might not even know. And if if you're questioning it at all, like the easiest thing to do if you don't want to go into a doctor is just give them a call. You just talk to a nurse on the phone, and they'll pro- like be able to provide you the answers that you're looking for, or have so, you come in for an evaluation I or actually, whatever. I actually think with the whole doctor thing is go in and talk to them about what they think you can do for your anxiety or postpartum. And um, if you feel like your doctor isn't taking you seriously, seriously, get a new doctor, change, change doctors because it's a real thing. And um, you shouldn't have to explain yourself. And your health is number one, because like I said before, what, what, who you are, is going to be what your kid is. Yes. And if you're not happy, if the father isn't happy and you're still having these postpartum things, you really got to get some help because... Right. If, if it gets left untreated, like postpartum depression and anxiety can seriously interfere with you and your children and your other relationships yeah. with your family members. And it can cause like a lot of bonding and family issues for sure. Like it, it, it can go a lot further than you even know. Yeah. No, I think, um, you know, having the support from people is a huge thing. And I think that's why we hit on so hard on helping out the parents in your life that are just become new, new, new moms, new dads. Yeah. And if, if you're somebody right now who is pregnant and you have a history of depression, like depression before you have a kid, or you feel like you have severe depression right now. At your next appointment, just touch Talk base with your doctor and they can figure out some like maybe some ways strategies before before you go into having this baby or um you know, maybe setting up and being like, Okay, well, we can talk about the medications that if you start safe. having these, yeah. Either take them while you're pregnant, because there is there is those medications and or take them after you have the baby. So just be on top of it. Don't think that you are alone in any of these situations. You know, Sophie and I are just two people 
and we had very different pregnancies from each other and we both had very small signs of it. Um, well, you had more, a little bit more than I did. Um, but everybody goes through something when it comes to having a baby, you're, you know, your body's changing so heavily. So, yeah, I feel like even now, because I didn't get the appropriate treatment, like my anxiety is still really high. Um, my depression, like I feel like fluctuates now. Postpartum can last for years. Yeah. And I feel like for me, I have very bad seasonal depression. So like lately I feel like it's been hitting me a little bit harder with the shorter days and the weather getting colder. But other than that, like it's mainly my anxiety. Now my anxiety is through the roof. There'll be times where I'll be driving home at night and I'm just immediately thinking about death and death scares the shit out of me. Yeah, It was like my biggest fear is death. And then my mind keeps like replaying certain situations and like thinking about everything. And then I just have like full-blown panic attacks or sorry, anxiety attacks that -hmm. lead into a panic attack about something that I literally was not even thinking about 10 minutes ago because my anxiety is just so bad. I just think, you know, for any of our listeners, this is, it's so normal these days to go through this and it, you know, get in front of it, listen, listen to the podcasts about it, you know, read a book or, you know, read research some more or talk to your doctor and well, find learn some how to situation. learn how to see the signs because yeah. it's, it, it can happen in men and it can happen in women. So don't, um, well, if you see some situations that you feel are similar to yours, like, like on a Facebook post or something, and you see there's comments, just comment a question. If you're seriously that curious, like, or there's reddits or, like I said, books, or if you're like seriously thinking that it's more extreme now that you've listened to this and you're like, oh yeah, that kind of sounds like me, right. just really do reach out to your doctor because I know like for me, it's hard for me to reach out to doctors, but it's seriously very beneficial. Well, <clears throat> most most doctors will take it seriously these days, but I know there's a few out there that are so old school. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I just want to say that, you know, stress buildup from all these things can really affect you, your mental health, even your physical and emotional health too. And it's better to get on top of it than have it fall down. Agreed. It's it's just a lot. And we don't want anybody to have to go through that as hard as at least I did or yeah. you did. Well, guys, we just want to say it. Thank you for listening to our podcast and um, go out there and leave a review if you could for us or whatever platform you're listening to. Get us um, some ratings. However you, I think it's zero or one to five. I think that you can rate it. Um, We also have our website out there and you can go out and check that out. If you want to be a guest on here, write us on there. You'll see um, the links on the top of the page. So yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.